Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada, at 9.30, p.m. on Sunday, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Well, hello, everybody. This is Trucker's Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. I hope everybody's had a Good weekend so far. Let's get those thank yous out there, ladies and gentlemen, to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics, our police, and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my listeners, my guests, and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. So, are more measures needed to the already lockdown? that we are going through here in Ontario, Canada. And parents also struggling, and it leaves single parents with an impossible choice. So we'll start with this little article here first, on that, um, with this mandatory online learning. So every day, this lady, has to figure out how to put food on the table for two school kids, school age kids, navigate the complexities of online learning and keep her three-year-old daughter occupied and out of trouble. So people know what it's like to have small children. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be able to relate to this article. And keep the little one out of trouble, and that's all before lunchtime. As a single parent with three kids at home all day, there is no way for her to go to work, she said. So she's been forced to turn down job offers and manage her household on her recovery benefit check alone which is only $500 a week, $2,000 a month. I don't know what her rent is or her mortgage is, what her bills are, but I'm sure that's not enough. This is for a single parent. She says she sometimes feels hopeless 
but because I know the kids are looking up at me, I try to keep a smiling face. I keep a good attitude around them, but when I'm by myself, it's like, what am I supposed to do? It's really tough. I can't, you know, imagine what she's going through. I don't have little children. Mine are growing up. And I have grandchildren, but they are doing online learning. The government's move to extend online learning for at least another two weeks across southern Ontario is added to her workload, she said. As her middle child, a 10-year-old girl, needs to be supervised for both half the school day and her three-year-old daughter isn't exactly self-sufficient. Her eldest, age 17, is more or less able to manage on his own, but she said that's far from ideal. He needs more from me than he's getting, she said, but feels she's given everything she has. I can only imagine. She has been in Canada for several years on a work visa and doesn't have family here to help with childcare. Sending her two youngest to her home country of the Bahamas, like she did during the pandemic first wave, is no longer an option. Getting them back was a logistical nightmare that lasted months and ended up only in December when she uh, scrounged up the money for a round trip to collect them and bring them home. Vaughan, Ontario. That's just outside of Toronto. She said she couldn't bear to be apart from her girls any longer. Her older daughter had to celebrate her 10th birthday without her mom. As for the finances, she's getting by on the 2000 and change she gets each month from the Canada Recovery Caregiver Benefit and other child tax benefits. Some temporary rent relief from her landlord is easing the crunch for now, but she notes that the rent will still need to be repaid further down the line. The Ontario government announced a two weeks extension of online schooling on Thursday, hours after Premier Doug Ford said he's learned about troubling rates of COVID-19 among school-aged children. Hey, welcome to the show, Punisher. Nice to have you out here. So I was just talking about, um, you know, are more measures needed to the already lockdown that Ontario is going through? And single parents struggling um, because they have school-aged children and they're unable to work. Um, this particular um, <clears throat> lady here on Ontario um she doesn't have um any family here so it's not like she can you know send send the youngest the three-year-old um to family members so she's got you know a lot on her plate and um she she is um she's getting 
she's getting by on the on the two thousand and change that she gets each month from the Canada Recovery Caregiver Benefit and other child tax benefits. Um, she's gotten some um, rent relief from her landlord, um, but she understands that that rent will need to be uh, repaid, you know, further down the line, which is really nice that her landlord is working with her and understands um, her situation. Um, and also our premier, Doug Ford, like, so the online learning first has been extended until January the 25th. And, you know, with the troubling rates of COVID among school-aged children, you know, so one in five were tested towards the end of the winter's holiday for COVID-19 positive, he said, making classrooms a potential danger zone. So one in five were tested. So the number one priority is not to put our kids in jeopardy and we'll do and we'll never do that, especially at the rates we're seeing. So this online schooling is only supposed to be going to the 25th of this month. And he's saying that he doesn't want to put them in jeopardy. These numbers that we're seeing here in Ontario, I can't foresee them diminishing in the next two weeks. He's already going to make an announcement either Monday or Tuesday whether they're going to impose new measures on top of the lockdown. But that will that article um, we'll get to. But the current system is putting single parents um, predominantly women in a precarious situation. The impact on, on, on women is something I think about a lot, she said. A lot of the labor that's taking place right now and over the next two weeks and beyond it's going to be disproportionately borne by women. The one-size-fits-all approach means there's little flexibility for parents who need to be around to help their kids manage the technology and stay on task. For the younger child, the more the teacher relies on an adult in the home to support that learner. So it's either going to be mom or dad, but in a lot of cases, it's going to be mom. So, you know, when the government is talking about um, imposing more restrictions, and probably favorably um, a curfew, which which is um, taking place in the province of Quebec, um, which had um, started yesterday. So their curfew is running from 8 p.m. until 5 a.m. and that's going to run 
until I believe the 9th of February. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. So this weekend, our government, our Ontario government, um, have been in meetings and, and grappling to um, what they're going to, you know, come out with. Um, potentially, they're they were going to make an announcement on Monday tomorrow, but they're going to hold off until Tuesday. Um, so it gives them a little bit more time to be talking with the uh, healthcare professionals as well to see. Um, what they're going to add to this lockdown. And um, basically what the premier is saying, he says, Ontario's new lockdown measures will be like nothing we have ever seen before. Starting with potentially shutting down construction sites, closing manufacturing plants, and possibly imposing a curfew are all options being discussed at the highest level of the Ontario government this weekend. Well, closing manufacturing plants um, that so many businesses rely on, and also, in, in, you know, in the transportation of getting these goods over to the United States. And, and shipping uh, manufacturing around the world. You know, closing the manufacturing plants is not an option. Right now, the essential workers, you know, including manufacturing, is holding this Ontario economy together. And is really frail at the moment. And he said an announcement and a new modeling was expected on Monday morning, but that has been pushed back until at least Tuesday at this point. Prior to Christmas, our Premier Doug Ford ruled out imposing a curfew. But now he says all options are on the table. While he isn't fond of the idea, it is being debated as to whether the measures will have any impact because they, they are opposing views within the medical community. Well, that's something that you just have to get on, on, on the same page with. You know, if if curfews um, are necessary, then put a curfew on. But closing down manufacturing companies is not, in my opinion, a good idea to already a frail economy. I mean, look at that, look at that, the non-essential services already that have to shutter their doors. Our, our tourism 
is non-existent. And it may be beyond repair. For a very long time. Because right now, you know, our borders between the United States and Canada is going to be remain closed to non-essential travel. And both countries in the economies, they rely on tourism. It brings in billions of dollars every year. And right now, it's just non-existent. Tourism doesn't even exist anymore. If manufacturing is ordered to close, the order will not be a blanket one. So meaning food processing and some supply chain operations, possibly auto parts and assembly would be allowed to remain open. And construction sites, which fared well in the, in the pandemic's first wave, have seen a number of outbreaks in recent weeks. The parts of that debate is how much of the construction could be shut down. Now they, they shut down construction uh, last spring during the first wave. There was nothing going on and that. Manufacturing, of course, continued. The supply chain um, obviously continued and that has to continue. New home construction could be especially problematic given that people are, are expecting to move into homes on a specific date and closing the entire industry, industry could leave some with no place to go. So people are expecting their houses to be built and the closing dates, the move-in dates, you know, if, they, if they'd shut down that industry, then, you know, they would have to move out of their existing place still put all their belongings in storage, have to move in the family, and already only households are supposed to be the ones only in that house. So this is another thing they're gonna to have to really look closely at. You know, this is about more than rising case counts. So that is a factor. This is about rising death counts, hospitalizations, and ICU admissions. As of Saturday morning, 23% of the ICU beds across the province here in Ontario were taken up by COVID-19 patients. In some areas, it was at 40% or more. So we have roughly 1,700 ICU beds and 400 of them are taken up by COVID patients. We can't simply add more. There's a specialized equipment to buy, specialized staff that, that are in short supply. 
those going over the data say it is not only about where the province is now, but where will we be in the next two to three weeks? They believe the current lockdown measures have worked, but not to the extent they had hoped. Well, we can't predict what COVID-19 is going to do, ladies and gentlemen. You know, but like I've said time and time again, you know, we all have to follow the rules and we need to do that. And to those that just simply ignore it, like the mask slackers, all the anti-marches, not social distancing, and stuff like that, like you can protest. Do it sensibly and do it smart. Don't have hundreds and hundreds of people in a protest. You can protest with 10 people and you can be six feet apart. But when you're gathering in large crowds for a protest, you're just being part of the problem and not part of the solution. You know, and they are also concerned about whether the new British variant of COVID, where it will take us. The Britain variant spreads about 60% faster than what we've been dealing with, meaning more cases, which inevitably heads to more hospitalizations and more ICU admissions, potentially more deaths. And as for the school children, there were 85 between the ages of four and eight who tested positive on January the 8th. A month earlier, that number was at 41. The increase in school-aged children started to rise in line with the increase in community spread and now has taken off. So potentially, the schools can't open on January the 25th. Because Tuesday, you know, the government here in Ontario is going to announce the modeling and they're saying that it's so extreme that you'll fall off your chair when you see it. I won't be surprised, but I won't fall off my chair. There are many people opposed to the current lockdown and, and, um, and who uh, bristle at the thought of tougher measures. If you are opposed to lockdowns, you've lost that argument with the public, with the political leaders and within the scientific community in Ontario. You certainly lost that argument with me. So in a poll that was released on Friday, 
Ontario residents were more supportive of increased restrictions than other parts of the country. When asked to agree or disagree with a series of proposed measures, 70% in Ontario said they, su they supported a rule that would say people can only leave home for essential reason, reasons, such as groceries, getting medication, and being vaccinated. Support for closing all restaurants was at 85%. All houses of worship at 83%. All but essential offices at 80% and closing schools had a 70% support. Only half of Ontario residents support the idea of a curfew, but 59% back the closing of ski hills and 58% support rules requiring masks everywhere outside of the home, even outdoors when walking. You know, back during the Spanish flu in 1918, that actually um, became law that even if you were walking down the street, you had to wear a mask. I wouldn't be too surprised if that's one of the measures. I don't know which of these measures not already enforced will be brought into into play by the Ford government, but whatever is done, it is likely to have strong public support. As the old saying goes, the public gets what the public wants. And this coming week, it will get more lockdown measures for good or for bad. Now, I think it was yesterday that the uh, numbers were close to 4,000 new cases of COVID-19 here in Ontario. But the majority of those cases came from the city of Toronto, the Peel region that surrounds Toronto, North York, just outside of Toronto, which they already, back before Christmas, they, they were already in a lockdown in those areas, but only to have it extended and then the rest of Ontario going into lockdown on the 26th of December. And we keep seeing the rise in COVID-19. So where is it coming from? What are people doing? 
I've heard of people that, you know, they are doing everything they possibly can to protect themselves and getting COVID-19. So, you know, like for, for one, uh, a radio personality here in the city, he got his results on Christmas Eve that he tested positive. Now he's got a young family at home, you know, two very small children, not quite school age yet, so mom is at home. So, you know, he, he's the one that, you know, who did the grocery shopping, you know, go to the drugstore or whatever the case may be, go to the radio station, you know, and um, he ended up in COVID. And being obviously as careful as he possibly can be like myself, you know, going to work, I come in contact with, with people, shippers and receivers, paperwork is, is handed back and forth. I use my own pen. I have sanitizer in the truck. I wipe down my truck constantly. I haven't tested positive for COVID, knock on wood, but I too have to go to the grocery store like everybody else. I got to get gas in my car. You know, so our, so our hands, our hands are always touching something. And then we're touching our face, rubbing our eyes. You know, putting your fingers in your mouth, doing whatever you do with your hands. And even when I get home from work, you know, I'm jumping in the shower, I'm washing up and everything. And you know, I'm sure everybody, a lot of people are doing it. And somehow, they've contracted COVID-19. So what measures are going to work? It seems to me with this lockdown, particularly in, in Toronto and the surrounding areas of Toronto, they were in this lockdown before the rest of Ontario was. And their cases never dropped. And now we, here we are in a province-wide lockdown. And we're still seeing increases, you know, for the first two weeks of this lockdown. 
And will this lockdown continue for another 30 days after the 25th with other measures put in place? If he's saying that the lockdown measures will be like nothing we've ever seen before, I mean, he's the premier of Ontario. He's talking some really serious shit here. kind of concerning. But you know, the government, you know, the government of Ontario understands, you know, when it comes to um, what is essential at the moment, like I, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, all businesses, small, large, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're all essential to us. You know, but what are we what are we gonna do, you know, when the government says that non-essential businesses have to close? Essential business can stay open. These these big box stores can stay open. You know, such as one is Costco. They can stay open because they sell groceries. But they also sell non-essential items, such as other small businesses who sell non-essential items, but they have to close. You know, you get more people in these stores, you know, if we went back to the lockdown that we did in the springtime, you actually had to stand outside for long periods of time before you can get in. So maybe they should decrease how many people in going into an essential business decrease that number. I remember back in the springtime, I was talking to my nephew here on my podcast. He would call in from Victoria, BC on the West Coast. And because he worked at a restaurant, you know, because of that first lockdown, he found uh, a job at a grocery store, which he had to be, you know, outside and um, letting so many people in at a time. So maybe, you know, that's what we have to resort back to. That, you know, you're gonna have to be leading in line in order to get your groceries, wherever you get your grocery from, because even Walmart, Walmart can open because they sell groceries. They can sell non-essential items.
most of the stores in the malls are closed. So pretty much all of them. The food courts, the little restaurants in the food courts, they tried to stay open over the Christmas holidays, but nobody was coming in. So what kind of measures are necessary, you know, besides a lockdown and maybe adding a curfew in there? I certainly wouldn't oppose a curfew. I would support it 100%. But shutting down, you know, I mean, if, if, if they can prove that in the construction sites that it is a serious, serious outbreak, then they would have to close, shut down construction. <clears throat> same within the manufacturing. They would have to, they would have to do the same thing, right? I mean, we have a major outbreak. You know, instead of the government coming forward with, with a, a modeling prediction, how about coming forward in this you know, give us some stats here. Give us, give us the percentage of cases in the construction, in the manufacturing, in in the retail that's able to be open right now, and weigh in on those percentages. And if the percentage in those criteria are low, then they shouldn't have to be shuttered. The men's mission when it comes to um, homeless shelters, the men's mission here in the city that I live in has just reported nine new cases in the homeless shelter, staff and residents. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do or where you come from. Because COVID knows no age, no gender, and it doesn't care if you're rich or poor. So all citizens across Ontario, across Canada, all around the world, we have an, an important part to play here because it comes down to us.
to follow these rules so potentially we don't have any more added on top of what we've got already. Hardship mentally and even the increase of physical abuse in the household, mentally and physically. This affects every one of us. Believe me, ladies and gentlemen, it's playing on me. It's stressful, but I understand it's more stressful for others. I get it. But don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be embarrassed to ask for help. I don't know what to say because, you know, from time to time, you know, I ask that we all do our part. And that we, you know, follow the rules You know, because even, you know, you go out and, and you, you're, you, you're uh, an, an anti-protester, whatever the case may be, you know, and voice, voice your opinions however you, you, you feel, it's not gonna change the government's mind. When they talk, to the top doctors in, in infection and disease and the government here's what they have to say you know that these people are right You know, they're not doctors for nothing. They know what they're talking about. You know, because if you're like, you know, if you're gonna protest, you know, basically, you know, you're wasting your time. Because any measures coming down the pipe within the next couple days, they're going to put them into play. Now, I've driven down my street, and some of the neighbors have signs on, on their front lawn that say, no more 
lockdown. And they were on their on their front lawn lawn long before Christmas. And the Ontario government was always pointing in that direction. You know, they just started doing lockdowns here and there in certain areas like Toronto and Hamilton, the Peel region, and all that stuff. You know, and still seeing an increase in numbers and then putting the entire province into lockdown that took effect on, on the 26th of December. And we're still seeing increased numbers. You know, 10 to 13 days to go, you know, to the 25th of this month. And the next two weeks, you know, is going to decide whether or not this lockdown is going to be extended. It's going to um, decide whether schools are back in-person learning. You know what happened last year. You know, they kept extending it, and kept extending it, and kept extending it, until eventually that schools were up. Things opened up really slow. And then things gradually got closed. You know, how much more can the economy take of, of getting to open up and then only to be rolled back? You know, vaccines are rolling out we have a whole lot of people to get vaccinated. You know, the population of Canada is 37 million. The province of Ontario, where I reside, 14 million people. The largest province in Canada. Our premier is already saying and, and, and complaining, you know, he's saying by the end of next week that we'll be out with that we will be out of the Pfizer vaccine. The federal government is saying, no, you won't be. You know, there's something like another um, 80,000 doses coming within the next couple of days. And probably by the week's end, um, I think they're saying there's something like another 150,000 doses. But you got to remember, it takes two shots. 
And you got to remember that the most vulnerable people are going to get vaccinated first. Healthcare workers, frontline workers, so on and so forth. Before the general population can just go and get a vaccine shot. And they're talking potentially springtime before that would take place. So what do we do in the meantime? Get more added restrictions put on top of what we already have. Follow the rules, whether we like it or not. And potentially get out of this mess. We didn't make this mess. We didn't create this mess. We know who did. We know where it came from. And now here we are. It's something that should never, never have happened in the first place. Everybody is paying the price, one way or the other. So please, ladies and gentlemen, do your part. Be responsible and be careful. Now let's get those thank yous out there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank all of our essential workers, all of our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire department. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my listeners, my guests, my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Now, before I go, um, I generally have a Monday morning show. Um, So tomorrow, um, I won't be doing that morning show because I have to go into work. 
because there were some unforeseen um, situations that they asked me to come in on my regular day off. So, you know, being that, you know, they do a lot of things for us as employees that, you know, I can step in and um, help out. Um, so I'm going to do an evening show um, tomorrow. And then uh, back on the weekend, um, I'll be back out here. Um, I will have Friday off because I have to work tomorrow. So um, lots of time to get some stuff together. You know, lots of time, lots of things to, to look at, talk about. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, so, yeah, tomorrow night I will do a show instead of, of, uh, of uh, Monday morning. So thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. It is muchly appreciated. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a good night, everybody. Be safe out there. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you.